Hello, and welcome to They Just Get It. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm excited as I always am. I'm extra excited today because I'm sitting with someone I've known for a long time. I would consider a friend, but also I maybe don't know the whole story, which is exactly what this podcast is all about. I'm going to welcome Jocelyn Flanagan to the podcast. Hi, Tyler. Good to see you. It is an absolute pleasure. We've been chatting offline here and realizing how long we've actually known each other and maybe some stories that we will share. Maybe some will share another another time. Jocelyn is the founder and C- CEO of Equals MC Squared. And I would say if you're from Calgary, potentially even across Canada, you've either witnessed one of her events, been exposed to one, been to one. You guys have a really cool repertoire of what you've been involved with, which we'll talk about a little bit today. But uh, maybe give us a quick for anyone who hasn't had the privilege of either encountering, meeting you, or being to one of your events. What's Equals MC Squared? Well, we're a full-service event uh, management company and really an experience company is what we consider ourselves now. We produce live event experiences across the country, down in the States, and now actually across the world. So, Oh, fantastic. We, um, Global? Yeah, we do. We have a number of projects right now that are out of North America, which is quite exciting. That's really exciting. How, how recent is that? Because that's, that's new for you guys? Uh, we've been working in the States for a number of years. Just some projects from Canada, our clients from Canada that have taken us down. We now have a few international clients, and we've got a team um, in February. We're going to be in Dominican Republic and in Spain. Very so cool. So it's pretty exciting. Oh, some different perks coming <laughs> into the, the, the pool of working with you guys. And when did you get your start? How long, how long has he, he been in, in, in existence? July 21st, 2001. Oh, wow. So we are well over 18 months, 18 years. 18 years. Congrat- yeah. Congratulations. Thank that's you. A real, I can't imagine the twists and turns and just like being in Calgary alone through that, through that whole cycle mm-hmm. and now expanding and beyond that. And was this, was this your path? Was this is what you wanted to do? Did you stumble <laughs> in? <laughs> you laughed. Did you, I always joke, did you sit with your guidance counselor when you were 15 years old and say, I want to run an event company? <laughs> no, but the, the funny thing is uh, when I look back, I believe I was my friend social convener from the time I was three years old. I see, I see. And the see. fact that uh, 18 years ago, I realized I can make some money at being uh, being the social convener. It worked out quite well. Doing the thing you love to do. But no, I did not set out on a path of event production from my early days. It was a bit of a, it was a bit of a stumble and um, yeah, it was an interesting journey to get and is there, is there Is there a story? Was there an opportunity? Was there someone just said, hey, I need an event and you gingerly put up your hand or confidently put up your hand. I can do that for you. Gosh, that I think I've been doing it, as I said, uh, my whole life. And my, I, I've actually never really had a real job. I've always found jobs. I've never considered myself a, an entrepreneur, but okay. I am in fact an entrepreneur from Re- early, research, research from, would say <laughs> from early days. Um, I come by that naturally through my family entrepreneurship, but I, I have always sought out interesting projects from the time I was in university and starting up figure skating classes for university students to finding my way through you know, coaching, running programs in Spain and um, figure skating coaching in Spain and starting a whole new program I'm, out there. I'm sure there's a whole episode just to talk about that adventure. The, yeah, that, that was a good adventure also. And then when I moved back to Canada, I, I had studied to... Um, International relations and sports management. Okay, my, interesting. My goal in life was to run the Olympics. Oh, interesting. And so I actually studied that, uh, studied the path, studied the Olympic movement. The more I learned about it, the more I realized perhaps I didn't want to get into that bureaucratic. Yes, yeah, there's lots uh, that of that bureaucratic yeah. route. But happy to have studied it. And then I, um, I moved to Spain, and uh, when I was there, I was reconnected with one of my university mentors 
who was starting a pro was starting a new company that was sports tourism, if you okay. will. Oh, so bringing over European hockey players, setting them up on in tournaments with scouts, juniors, and then taking Canadians over to Europe and and um, traveling around Europe and playing hockey. Interesting. So I was hired to um, help on the logistics and help on some of the planning on that. So I thought, okay, well, this is a good use of my of my career, my international yep. relations, yep. sports management. I love sports. This is a sort of a good foyer, and. Um, it didn't take me very long to realize that being a tour manager for hockey players was really not what I wanted to do. I could see the list of challenges around that <laughs> kind of it just it yeah. kind of writes itself, doesn't it? <laughs> and then I had one interesting one interesting moment. My my boss at the time, his uncle had a very similar business, but it was running music groups, international music tours. Okay. And they needed a body, they needed me to help organize a music group. So I brought in this, the most talented musicians I've ever heard from the Bahamas. Their music director was a cultural minister of the Bahamas, fairly prestigious group. Yes. And I set up- Sounds interesting. I set up a tour of these 50 Bahamians in Ontario and found them places to perform. And the last place that the group performed was at the induction gala of the High Commissioner of the Bahamas. So- I walk in with this group of 50 musicians into a spectacular event that was being set up. And I looked around and I thought, okay, this is my world. Oh, very this cool. Is, so you, you can remember, there was that moment. This, that was the turning point right there was this is, this is creative. This is my, exactly what I want to be doing. I knew in my heart somehow I would end up corporate creative, but I didn't know how I was going to get there. What that looked like, what that formula was. And when I walked into that room really as the tour manager of a group of musicians i that was my that was my change that was definitely the catalyst and this was around what 2000 99 2000 that would have been late 99 late 99 yeah very interesting. And so, and, and not, not that we're getting, how old were you at the time? Not, not that we're going to get into age or anything of that kind of conversation, but how old were you back then when you, when you decided to make this move? I was 28. Okay. Yeah. So it's, so 28, so you've, you've got some experience. Yeah. I had some life experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, sure. Which is valuable at that point. I had some life experience. Because I was, I'm all curious when I hear like now the, the, the talking about project based versus real jobs mm-hmm. and you know, we've got the side gig and a lot of those things have become popular mm-hmm. now. And you know, if I told my guidance counselor, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, entrepreneur when I was younger, I'd get sent to remedial class because right. that was meaning you couldn't get a real job. Mm-hmm. And did you have support? Like, I'm always curious, you're 28, I'm doing this. I'm clear on my vision with the people around you. Like, yeah, you should do it. Or were they like, you're going to do what? <laughs> well, <laughs> It was fairly undefined. I think by then a lot of people uh, just knew that I was just going to do something, and they they didn't I'd probably under- just do whatever they you want to do. They didn't understand until I landed on my feet. Um, similarly, when I told everyone, including my family, I was going to move to Spain and coach figure skating and find a job coaching figure skating. Everyone thought I was crazy and that they would see I me. I figured in two there months. had to be some people and, thinking you're crazy somewhere along yeah, this mix. And, and the fact I landed that job, it's like. Okay, interesting. So when I embarked on this journey of finding this event world, nothing really existed. Very, very little information about the event industry in general. You couldn't go take it as a, as a, as a program, as a diploma. That wasn't. I, a, but yet events were going on, so it was just. I'm assuming people that had kind yeah, of fallen into it was just a it. very, very small niche, really. So I did some research. I. At that point, I actually decided I was going to go work for the Epcor Center for Performing Arts because events 
took place in that venue. Go where the events are and sooner or later you'll get involved. And I had done some research again, tried to find uh, event industry associations and there was an international event industry association, but nobody returned my calls. It was just very quiet. Allegedly, allegedly Uh, there was an association. Um, And I firmly believe in keeping your eyes open for opportunity. The first day on my job at the, at the performing arts center, there was a poster on the wall saying this, that that particular day was the first annual general meeting of the Canadian special event society in Calgary. So you're like, I know what I'm doing today. Well, I guess that's what I'm going to do tonight. And that, that led me down the path of meeting the right people, being the right place, the right time. And I love when you can look back and see those moments where like Mm -hmm. I would have went right or left or not walked by that, that billboard that day. Like, you know, there's a lot of, you know, Oh, you're lucky. Well, the harder I work, the luckier I get. But sometimes like life just like conspires, but Mm -hmm. I should be careful. Things happen. It's what you do with the thing that happened is makes it feel like that. (laughs) You could have walked by and done nothing. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. I think that, and I've got very clear moments, like very specific moments that I remember. I know Basically, I know what I was wearing, where I was standing, what I was looking, who I was with. At and those I could have went left or I could have went right. And this yeah. is this is where I ended up. Mm-hmm. So you're here. You're it's starting to brew. When was when was that moment where you're like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do my own. I'm going to do it my own thing. Or I'm assuming there was other people involved and there was a team. But yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I started. There was three of us on day one, if you will, of our of our company, and um, and you know things ch- change and morph along course, the way. But do. it was. I I literally thought I was going to do a few events and then get a real job. Ah, I love that quote uh, unquote real job. I, I really truly believed that. Even when we started out, again there were there were three of us when we started. I thought, oh, this will be fun for a little while. Yeah, I'll do a few it's, events. It's a, like like what you said before, it's a project. A it's a project. We'll do some projects, see what happens. Well, and we'll move on down the road. Yeah. Then I'll get a quote unquote real job. Yeah. And eighteen and a half years later, I still don't have a real job. I've been told myself that I'm actually unemployable, so I shouldn't mm-hmm. even try to go down that path. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. <laughs> so my senior executive friends are like, oh, just, just, just whatever it is, just stay being an entrepreneur because yeah. that's not where it's going to go for you, which I can take as a, as a huge compliment. Yeah. So you did, and you're in Calgary. It's the early 2000s. I moved here, it's funny, around the same. I moved here in 2000, and I had that moment of like, oh, am I going to move back to Montreal? And I'm like, I don't know. There felt like there was an energy here. There was something mm-hmm. going on. It was really like to look back on it now. Things were really just starting to brew mm-hmm. to what became a really cool run. Mm-hmm. How much do you feel that just being in Calgary at that time and, and again, leaning in, that you were able to kind of ride that ride? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was, it was perfect. It was the perfect time to start the business. Um, and it really was in its infancy. The, industry, the event production industry in, in Calgary was in, it, in its infancy. So it was the right time to start, no doubt about it. Right. And it was the right time to... Because it was in an infancy, there weren't a lot of norms in that. And so when we when we started working and we started building out, you know, our vision, if you will, of how right. we were going to operate, I didn't realize that it was different. And just the way you thought and it, it should be. And it was just the way I thought it should be. And That's it turns powerful. out to be quite different than anywhere else across the country, which I learned as we expanded across the country that how we ended up operating um, was different and, and different in what I believe to be a very good way. Well, I'm going to say 18 and a half years later, clearly it worked out. <laughs> yeah. So there was that, that was, um, again, just an interesting journey. And that is interesting to hear that you did it because it's like, well, I don't know any different and this is what I think is right. So this is the way we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. People seem to be buying into it. Let's keep doing more mm-hmm. of it. 
Was there any? Did you guys have like just looking back on that? Were there, there are there key pillars that you've now dif- that you've identified? They're like, wow, yeah, that is what made us really different. Like versus just we did it different. What was that? It was it more experiential, more facing, focused on the customer, more elaborate than we've been done before. Versus an event with a bunch of chairs and everyone staring at a stage. <laughs> and I've been to your events; they take all kinds of twists and turns. No, you know, it wasn't <clears throat> even specific about the the outcome of the event. It was what. It was a, the collaborative approach, and I know that that word is very mainstay today. Now, today, today, yes, um, it was not the way things were done back in the day when we the first first large event we did. We invited all of our suppliers around the table at the same time. They looked at us as if we had two heads. That's so interesting. They were never integrated, never sitting around the same table, never having these. They just got to take orders. They got they to take were, orders down they had the to line. Take orders. Versus actually going, hey, how would you guys do it? Because you're the experts in the AV or you're the expert in the lighting or whatever the case may be. Yeah, exactly. Which now sounds more commonplace. Yeah. And then sharing the information, share, we don't hide things, sharing them with our, our clients when they, you know, if, so our, our Trans- value. Transparency, transparency another so, super buzzy word right now. Right. And that's just, to me, it was the only way to be. It wasn't, it wasn't that we were going to be different and therefore we're going to be transparent and collaborative. It yeah. was. It's just the way that you The only way that there. this should this should be because how else would you operate? Did you get pushback back then ever of people in the, that were already in this industry, although fledgling that were like, Oh, you're, you're doing it wrong. You're messing it up for the rest of us. Was there any of that kind of, did you ever get any of those, those where, you know, sometimes an industry will push back on you because you're making it too different and they've always done it quote unquote, the way it's always been done. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. I think, um, I there's gotta be something in there. <laughs> well, well, for sure. Yeah. I think when, when you're transparent and, um, and others perhaps aren't, the, and our transparency becomes one of the metrics now that clients are... The norm. You know, sort of creating as a norm, and some of the standards that we're setting um, are now the norm. So there was some, there were some folks that maybe didn't like that all that much. Okay. Um, but, but we're really proud. I'm very proud of what we've done, I think. And if you look at the industry in Calgary, we, we've definitely... Um, built the, the Calgary industry is is really big mm-hmm. and it's fun and it's engaging and and it's collaborative because the bar has been and, set and, the, mm. the, and we keep pushing each other, which is quite great. Which is interesting. So back then, we, you guys kind of came into it. Was it large corporate clients? Like who were who you were who were you doing work for back in o two o three o four? Well, we um, let's see goes to the right place at the right time. And yeah. um, I think on day one, somehow we started We started our business, we incorporated on a, decided on Wednesday that we were going to start a business on Friday. I won't Friday. ask what you're wearing, but on I know you Friday, probably know. <laughs> on Friday we were incorporated and on Monday Coca-Cola phoned us. So somehow that <laughs> happened. Honestly, I don't know. Um, <laughs> right we place, also right had time. Safe Haven Foundation. I don't know if you know Karen Sherbet, but she's like a, one of the most inspiring women in Calgary. That's awesome. Uh, I've, I've Safe not Haven had the privilege. Foundation. So we worked with her on uh, on their fundraising event, and that was sort of uh, you know a really nice foyer, nice place to start. Good feeling for us to yep. start as as a client, and then um, Albert Energy Company and Pan Canadian merged and we were we had done some work with Albert Energy Company and so when that merger took place to become Incana we rode the Incana wave and and launched them as their um 
you know, as in Canon, we did some really, really great uh, pieces of work with them when you're merging companies like that. And yes, if, if you do that right, there's a lot of good work to be done. And, and it's so interesting. So literally right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Obviously your value proposition was strong because you were doing things differently, quote unquote, the way you thought they should be done, which I think mm-hmm. is really interesting. Any key mentors or people that like, cause you're going through, you're young, you're in your early thirties. Mm-hmm. You're like running by the seat of your pants. I'm speculating because mm-hmm. <laughs> I know events and I've been involved with you in some events. Like it's a hundred mile. And I've always like events scare the heck out of me because mm-hmm. it's all going to come together in this perfect point in time. And it, it's always frightened me too much. I need, what if it snows or what if it rains? What if people don't show up? I can only imagine you've gone through so many roller coasters. Is there anyone that was there for you to like steward it or were you just, just doing it? <laughs> well, I, a number of people along the way for, for sure. Um, about events specific, as I said, I didn't, st- I didn't start this alone. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, Ken and Lindsay and I started this back in the day and, and they came with it, you know, a lot more experience in terms of events than, than I did. So that was nice for me to, uh, learn along the way. And then immediately clients became, became friends and mentors. Jim Button was one of my first clients. That's awesome. And everyone in Calgary knows Jim Button, and yes. he became a client and is a mentor and a friend. Um, so through that, Dick Wilson, who was senior at Alberta yeah. Energy Company, without him, we wouldn't have been introduced to the Encana world. And, um, you know, we just lean on lean on great people all around us. Well, when you get to work with someone in an environment where you're doing something creative, you're doing something that has arguably a lot of optics for companies, it's an interesting point because you get to build some deep relationships because there's a lot on the line. Mm-hmm. And when you do deliver, we all know as business, what do you want? You want trusted resources. You want people that you know you can bring to accomplish your vision mm-hmm. that you can trust and get it done. And when they do that, uh, I know I've built amazing relationships through exactly that, like mm-hmm. helping them be, helping them look like rock stars also. Yeah, and then our vendors as well. Like there's... We were working with people that have been in the industry for a long time, and I have some very great relationships with um, with vendors that we started working with 18 years ago. The That's awesome. First ones we had that then are the ones we have now. How many different vendors would you bring in on a, on a large scale event just to get people kind of the scope of the logistics around that? Is I'm sure it changes. Maybe that's too pointed of a question. How many vendors? So, what's it take to pull off one of those big events <laughs> that we all go to as guests and just go, "Oh, this is great! The food is where it should be. The music is the right level. The lighting is perfect. The seats are organized." There's a lot going on. I'm sure it's a huge team you like, kind of bring together, then bring apart, then bring back. Together. Yeah, for sure. It really depends on the scope of the project, but probably twenty vendors. And then there's, you know, all the subcategories underneath that. But, yeah. but, but to do... Because we all go to these events and events. really arguably don't really know what it mm-hmm. takes to, to, to pull things. What's the biggest event you've ever done? And how, maybe, and how do you judge size? Is it amount of attendees? Like what makes a big event for you in your world? Hmm. I think the level of complexity in that. Okay, um, that's fair. So, I mean, let's talk about you and I met on an event. We Tyler. did. We did. We, our, our history goes way back. I think I was wearing much less than I was wearing yeah, than I'm wearing yeah. today. <laughs> Tyler, you were, you were a, key ma- a key member of our, our uh, dance force back in the day. Yes, absolutely. I think many, many shirtless events I took part in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Calgary Cares was one of, uh, I think for me personally, in the journey of, uh, of the company, that was a really great turning point for me. Okay. Um, I had volunteered the year before. I volunteered, I think, in two, yeah, 2001. In okay. March, I volunteered for this event called Calgary Cares that Jim Button ran. 
Oh, I didn't know that actually. Yeah. So oh, I Jim Button oh, okay, and, I didn't know that. and a group of people, but he was, uh, he was very involved in that. And I volunteered. I didn't know him at the time. And coming, having lived in Spain, having lived in Toronto, and then I'm back in Calgary, and I go to this event, and it was the it was mind blowing for me. It was met, like the most metropolitan collage mix of people in Calgary. Yeah, in, in Calgary, Calgary. I never witnessed anything like it in Calgary. That that such a breadth of communities were were combined between. Um, it's a whole rabbit hole to go down, but it was, <laughs> it was amazing uh, to volunteer at this, and that would have been March two thousand and one. And by March 2002, I was producing that event. That's Wow, what a quick, like, and, t- something of that scope and scale. Yeah, so that was a, a really fun turning point for me. But there was so many levels of complexity. We produced that show for eight years, but we're talking 300 volunteers, dancers, models, fashion designers, lighting designers, music designers. Because there was a core theme, but then the there was stage. all the individual acts. And the, yeah, it was yeah, quite the production. So there was, Being backstage at that event was quite the eclectic group. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of uh, levels of complexity, but it was it was really great. That was a really great experience. Um, in terms of size, we had, um, when Shell Canada was acquired by um, the Royal un- Dutch. The Under the Sea event. Royal Dutch Shell. Yes. Um it was a uh, it was a great experience for us. So we had over six, I think nine events across the country. But oh, wow. it would have been okay. thirteen thousand people in total in Calgary. There was about forty five hundred people under one roof that we were doing this event for as a celebration to Shell Canada. Yep. I remember. I, yeah, I was I volunteered at I the think, morning, yeah, Calgary with with, yeah. with Carrie. She's the one who got yeah. me involved in that. Yeah, Carrie Van Camp. Right. <laughs> so that was um, that was a lot of fun and yeah. M- Lots of lots of levels in that one. Yeah, the complexity and nine events across in what period of time? Like, pretty, was that pretty condensed? Yeah, it was about six weeks. I think we did across the country. Six weeks, nine events across with thirteen thousand people total. Yeah, some I'm I'm mixing yeah, up for, numbers for but sure. It was yeah, around no, there. but it gives it gives certainly mm-hmm. a, a, a scope and scale. Uh, for have you seen the like as obviously in Calgary the 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 economy has changed over the last few years. Has that had a big has that had a big impact mm-hmm. on terms of the scope and scale companies are willing to engage in for for these types of experiences? Yeah, it's very different for for sure. When we started the company and leading up to I mean, two thousand obviously in the, the oil boom um, our we were busiest in corporate Christmas time and corporate stampede those okay. were really yes. those were really our all right I kind of forgot about stampede amongst windows. this whole speaking of yeah. events that's right yeah um, and you know we did things in between with fundraising events and and we had gotten into the conference market as well okay um, but those were really big times for us and now if you look at uh, our calendar year, Summer and Christmas are our least busy times. Oh, interesting. So we've, we, because of the Alberta economy and because of opportunities we've had, we have an office in Vancouver now and we have an office in Toronto. We've diversified and it's, and, and the Alberta economy has shifted. It has. So yeah. Stampede is, is not busy for us and Christmas is not busy for us. And it's just a diff- it's really interesting change. And for, um, Toronto, Vancouver, how, how are things there? Because obviously we have an office in Toronto as well. No one, like the, the Alberta situation is very localized right now. And we mm-hmm. just came through an election recently, so we won't go too far down that road. How are things in Vancouver and Toronto for you guys? Is it, is it good? Is, is it good? Like different, different than Alberta? Yeah, they're, they're, you know what, they're just inherently different markets. The Vancouver market for us is a lot of inbound. So Vancouver is a destination Right. It's a destination city. So 
we do events when there's large events coming into Vancouver. So Amway from Japan comes in with 2,500 delegates and, um, Interesting. you know, we're, we're doing events like that. So we've, we've met a lot of international clients through our Vancouver Location. Oh, which makes sense based on just the dynamics of each market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so there, the the corporate market in Vancouver is much smaller. We do a lot of uh, a work in uh, not for profits okay. and also in like BCIT or or mm-hmm. universities out there, but okay. very little in terms of the corporate market. Right. Vancouver is um, obviously corporate head offices. Uh, it's a Tur- much Tur- Toronto, it's a much Toronto, you mean. sorry Toronto. Yeah. Uh, much larger, <coughs> Complete, diff- much absolutely. larger it's, market. It's very much its own ecosystem. It's its own ecosystem, and so in in that, we're you know we're able to spread our wings a little bit uh, across the board, but be it not for profit or the corporate market as well. So interesting. And and how's your optics? Like, how are things looking across? Uh, continuing because I know in Toronto right now there's a buzz. Everything seems like it's still vibrating at, at a pretty high level. Mm-hmm. Alberta, we're kind of, seems like we're on a, we're on a status quo right now. <laughs> but globally, are you seeing that, that I guess from an events perspective, is are, are people starting to demand more of the, like you said, an experience? Mm-hmm. We all, we, we're leaving, we live in the experience economy, those, all those buzz terms going around. Is that driving the need for more of what you guys do of creating, like you said earlier, we're not an event company, we're an experience company? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what happened in, in 2000, Nine and ten, two thousand eight, nine, ten. So the our my re, my first recession okay. in the entrepreneurial world. What happened was a, a knee jerk reaction to think that the event industry was superfluous. That it was the oh that it was it, the, it was the first thing to get. It cut. was the first thing to get cut, and which I can argue it's not the case. But in that in that mindset, it was. And and if you look at what we were doing, sure, Christmas parties. And stampede parties. So in, right. in that world. Optimal were being party. <laughs> right. Yeah. However, when you're talking about client experience, you're talking about client engagement, you're talking about employee morale, you're talking about uh, just the, that whole engagement piece. Yes. You actually do need to continue on that. So so as that knee-jerk reaction wore off, the understanding of what we do and the experiences that we're creating are actually important for like the great return on investment. It's a, it's an engagement piece. It's an education tool. It's um, so, so we're not just, we're not a superfluous industry. We're right. a meaningful industry that moves the needle on so many different conversations within organizations. It's so interesting to look at it that way. Cause even in our world branding, it's not what you tell people. It's the experience they have with you. That's your brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but our ad campaign said this, it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And someone comes and has an amazing experience with you and they walk away. That arguably is the brand is that mark you left behind. That's mm-hmm. their, that's how they're going to retouch mm-hmm. the joke is, you know, how they talk about you at the backyard barbecue to a random stranger. That's your brand. Mm-hmm. And if I just came from an amazing event as an employee, I'm going to have a very different connection to the mm-hmm. organization I work with. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so what we're finding now is, you know, and there was one point, we was just having this conversation when the web conferencing came, you know, when that was yes. new. And there was a concern that that was going to negate the need for conferences. To get people in a room. Mm-hmm. To get people in a room. And again, the very opposite is true. People need engagement because there's so many opportunities for us to be disengaged with human The argument would be more now than ever. <laughs> and, and the argument is more now now more now than ever. So it's, it's really quite something. And, and what I consider my job is really a sociological study. 
it, it truly is. So it, it's really just navigating the social condition and, and gu- guiding our clients accordingly. It, it's sort of a fascinating exper- experiment for me. And so as we talk about the experience, the experience, I mean, our tagline is the experience matters. And, and it really matters from our relationships that we have with our clients and our relationships we have with our suppliers and obviously the guests' experience and what they're supposed to be taking away from it. But the most of our events are driven by, well, all of our events are driven by purpose. Most of them are driven by a quantitative outcome in terms of, again, is this education, is this... What are we actually trying know, to accomplish? What are we what trying to, to accomplish? Because, you know, there's certainly the downturn. Anytime there's tightening of money, it definitely facilitates the conversation of, like, why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. What's success look like? Versus, oh, we're doing it just because it's a fun, right thing to do, and we've right. got budget, so don't even worry about it. I do like that because I think it forces a lot more thinking on the front end mm-hmm. versus, like, why? Well, just because. Mm-hmm. Being in t- intent goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Something we talk to a lot of our clients about, and I think you touched on it, is what's also happening culturally in our world. Not our cultures as companies. It's easy to think of it as that. But what's already happening culturally, and then how do we kind of intersect with that in terms of how we engage with people? It's a lot easier than trying to go off in a left direction if the whole culture or society you're in is going right. Mm-hmm. How do you then get involved in that stream and then facilitate it? And like you said, as we're more disconnected, how much more impact does a positive experience at an event actually have for us? I would say it's huge. Mm-hmm. Not, not just because I want to fill up my Instagram with cool images of a cool event, <laughs> even though that does play a factor these days. Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely changed the way that we need to think about events in that an event is no longer a three-hour window. Yes, an this event, is going to live beyond and go way beyond. It, an event is the lead up to, and then it does, it does live forever after the fact. Yes, so, it does. So, so make it awesome. To be, well, it, it, it's, again, it's that it, make it meaningful and... And be prepared that whatever happens in that room is going to be beyond those walls. Yes, which is another reason to be very deliberate in terms of everything that mm-hmm. you actually do. So for yourself as, as, as an entrepreneur, as someone who got into an industry that was uh, arguably was not defined like it maybe is now, have you been really involved in getting involved with those associations? Are you part mm-hmm. of where that's going on a global mm-hmm. stage? Yeah, so... I was very interested in the, in the international, it was called International Special Event Society, ISIS. We had to change that name. For pretty, obvious, obvious reasons. So it's now the International Live Event Association. Um, but my first international conference was probably about eight months after starting the company. Okay. Went down to this conference and... Oh, good for you. You, you jumped in right away. Mm, yeah. And I saw... There was a sign on the wall of one of these breakout meetings at this conference, and it was the International Task Force Committee of the, of the association. So I just, like, opened the door to see, because, you know, I studied international relations. I was really curious to see what that group was all about. And, you know, two days into the conference, I, I knew who these people were. They were, you know, some of them were fairly iconic in the industry. Or, okay. So I knew there was Australia. I knew there was Germany. I knew there was the UK. I knew there was um, the US. And I can't recall, I think, I can't remember the call of the other country that I knew. And I, I looked in and the, the whole group looked at me and I said, oh, I'm just curious where Canada is. Hey, all of a sudden, awkward moment. So yeah. I'm curious where Canada is. And they said, well, Canada and the US is the same. I said, Whoa, those are fighting words. (laughs) And I said, I beg to differ. And they said, well, welcome. Take a chair. Welcome, Canada. And 
so all of a sudden I'm on the task force and I'm chairing this, I'm, I'm representing Canada. And you're how long into running your business at this point? Eight months, oh, maybe a it. year. And, and it was a perfect place for me to be at that time. And what was happening was the decentralization of the association. So it was everything running out of headquarters in the United States to to globalize it and create each regional. So a really inter- so a, a kind of a pinnacle time for so you to get involved. So it was a pinnacle time for you had a lot of good like right time yeah, right place. I, re- I really did. Because, it, argue because you put yourself out there. It didn't come to you. You no, you, I you opened in, that I, door. I did literally walk in that door, <laughs> not knowing what I was getting myself into. Not even but, metaphorically or yeah. Yeah, I opened the door. Um, I can just picture the moment of everyone going, like the yeah. turn of you're like, oh, uh, hi. Yeah, it's it was me. a bit awkward. It was a bit <laughs> awkward. They didn't know who I was, but I knew they were. I bet they soon found out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's um, awesome. But it was a really great time, and that 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 basically created the Canadian affiliate for the international association. So now oh, we've so got chapters across. We've got chapters across the country, and so I was very involved in the beginning. I've taken a step back, but my team is has played their role across the years, certainly in the organization. Well, I think it, I, kudos to you because I think it's so easy when you're an entrepreneur in any industry and you're running 100 mile an hour, you're trying to do everything, you don't always keep your head up. You don't always take those little trips up to 30,000 feet and find out what is going on out mm-hmm. there because you're so busy dealing with your own little world. Mm-hmm. And business leaders, it's so important because how are you, you going to be prepared for five years down the road when you're only looking five minutes down the road? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, in terms of an industry, I'm, I'm just curious because I don't have any optics. Was this... Um, again, you always hear, oh, that's an old boys club, or that was hard to break into as a female entrepreneur. Was there any of that going on when you were like coming up? I, I have no idea. It's just a random mm-hmm. question out of nowhere. Well, I anticipated that question, actually. Uh, did you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry I'm so predictable. No, <laughs> no it's, um, you know, it's really interesting because if you – I think a lot of people would assume this is a female, female-driven – I know better industry. than to assume however, anything, just, just saying. However, if you look internationally, if you look at um, some of the... I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty equal. Okay. I That's was interesting. Just, you know, a couple of years ago, I, would, I was at a conference in the States, and it was only men on the panel, which was also interesting. And, and I was probably less offended because I was more intrigued at it. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, because if if I think if the, that were in Canada, it might have been eighty percent women and and twenty oh, percent men. Sort of t- given yeah. this given the specific topic that 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 we were talking about. So that was the very that was a European um, panel. It was just a really interesting. So I think there's I think there's a really great mix. Okay. In the industry, it. To me, being a female in the industry certainly wasn't a a barrier, um, but I don't think being a man in the industry would have been a barrier either. It was Interesting. Really, it was, so it was kind of neutral, neutral yeah. that way. And are you seeing, a, are people, obviously there's programs now, you can take event management mm-hmm. as school. Are you seeing a real mixed group of people coming into it? Yeah, 100%. That's what I would imagine for yeah. people I know that are into it. It's really just all across the board, and it's not about gender at all. It's just about who you are and what you're passionate about, which is what it should be. <laughs> at the end, yeah, the end and the again, yeah, and because we hit, we hit every industry. So if... Yeah, so... I mean, there's events in every industry. There's events, there's conferences, there's, there's you know, you're in, the, you're in the marketing world, so there's... The, Completely. We touch every industry, so there... So our industry intrigues a lot of people. Interesting. Do you know what I mean? Because, because you're, you, you get to be so involved. If you're a car involved. guy, yep. as Malcolm Gladwell calls the car guy, okay, yep. if you're a car guy, 
you can be in the event industry and only work in the automotive those, industry. Yeah, you can niche right down if right? you want to. You, you can niche right down, exactly. Which so. is, which gives so many opportunities. And I argue it's a little bit, so there, in your industry, there's something for everyone. Because mm-hmm. there's events for literally everything. There's so, events for everything. So, I mean, there's sporting events. Like, there's everything. And you mentioned sport was such a big part of when you were growing up. Obviously, mm-hmm. you were you you said you were you were into figure skating. I'm assuming you were a figure, figure I was skater. a competitive figure skater. Excellent. So do you do a lot? Much has that has that strung through the whole? Not do you still do competitive figure skating? <laughs> do you, have you stayed involved very much in the athletic side of things? Like have you done events oriented, or is that more? Just curious if that mm-hmm. passion of yours has strung through your your the the the, the time frame. It, you know, it sort of it it ebbs and flows for sure. We um, I thought the the a cool moment for me was when we were hired by the Canadian Olympic Committee to a really big event celebrating Olympians and and whatnot. Because I thought, well, that's a perfect mix of of the world yeah. in which I did. You have a little chuckle you know, to yourself of like, yeah, oh well, here we are. Look I, at this. I, this is perfect. I studied to to run the Olympics and now I'm running events for uh, for the COC, and that was a cool moment for sure. Um, and I we've love, done. I other, love those little moments. Yeah. Just take them, just recognize them that it's happening. Yeah. Like, oh wow, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we, you know, we do other sporting events. So we've worked with Cassie Campbell for years on the mm-hmm. Cassie Campbell Street Hockey uh, Festival, which we started with her for Ronald McDonald House years ago. So that was, you know, that was fun. So we do have s- those intersections every now and then. Yeah, I was just curious how much, because it sounded like it was a real anchor point for you as when you were younger and things that mm-hmm. you were passionate about and your ability to, but I know I've just, the events I can think of that you guys have been in, they're all like, it's all from Calgary Cares to Shell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think those are good, two good bookends there to, to, to reference. Yeah, that. we really, as we said, we really do hit uh, a lot of different markets. I would love to do, you know, like a stream game events or you know something mm-hmm. like that would be a lot of fun um, have you got involved in anything and this is just a random question the esports world that's going on right now and kind of how that's taken off and yeah it's sponsored it's athletes that play video games and it's i'm i, I gotta get someone on the podcast because i want to learn more about it but it's it's intriguing me to no end <laughs> yeah we are starting to work in that world but just starting so i can't okay. even give you enough information it, it, well, on, it's early days for that whole industry mm-hmm. but some of the numbers i've heard floating oh, the numbers around, are, it's insane the numbers are crazy of what's going on there yeah well, I think like anything, why do you, if you play a sport and then you see it on TV, there's always a deeper appreciation for like, oh, wow, I know what it is to be this good. I appreciate how good they are. Mm-hmm. I'm only assuming with the video game world, not a big gamer. I did. Yeah, I don't, I don't, know, a I don't ago, understand it. A couple of years ago, I took about a year to said, you know what? I, I, I was against video games. I couldn't figure out why. So I, I got a PS4 and like for a year I played video games. It was really interesting. And then it just <laughs> kind of faded away. It was a little, little social experiment I did on myself, but to, to, I, I got a glimpse of like, wow, if I could do this at a one out of 10, just watch someone at a nine out of 10, it might be entertaining for a bit. I don't know if I'd go to a, st- a stadium event about it, but anyways, <laughs> that's another story. I, I yeah. maybe peeked into it. I'm very curious about that world. And as our world changes and mm-hmm. we find experiences in different places mm-hmm. and who are, we to, who are we to define what an experience should or shouldn't be? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Any like 18 and a half years, uh, I run businesses. I've been involved with lots of entrepreneurs. It's not always sunshine and roses. Was there any moments where you're like, what the F? Like, this is, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> and I'm sure there was a couple, any standouts for you where you had to really kind of have a fireside chat with yourself and decide I'm going forward, I'm not, what's going on here? Well, I mean, we've talked about it already. We've been through what, we've been through a few economic yes. downturns. So they're good kick in the pants and a good learning experience, if you will. Yes, they are. Um, forced learning. <laughs> yeah, it is the forced learning, but you know, we've got to learn somehow. So yeah, there were some rocky times for sure. 2009 and 10. 10, I think for us was 
um, yeah, nine and ten. Can't remember which which was worse, but they it were, all blends. They together. weren't they weren't fun years because then we have to make some um, you know some pretty serious decisions. We had right. grown substantially as you know two thousand six seven were big growth years for us. Um, just with the economy, I mean. We're, well, yeah, we're, it was it was a it was a it was a fall because we'd gone so high. Like, yeah, yeah, so we had sure. gone so high, so the rug was really pulled out as a as a fairly new. I was seven years into running the business, but um, you know, it was a it was a fairly big kick in the pants, mm-hmm. and uh, and a, oh, we weren't prepared for this. And after seven years of steady growth, mm-hmm. arguably that's a mm-hmm. uh, you know the whole we believe it's we we, we know rationally, but maybe as entrepreneurs, it's always going to be this way. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Yeah, it's a tough lesson to learn. Yeah, so that that one was tough, and we're I mean we're a service based organization. It's all about our people, and we have great people. With one thing I'm proud of is I'm proud to surround myself with amazing people across the country. And a lot of those people I've met through working with you have, and, have, are still lifetime friends of mine. So I will attest and, to that 100. And, and mine. Um, and so, you know, when when you have to get rid of, you have to revisit what you're you know, what your company looks like. That's, that's really hard to do. Um, and so what, it just made me smarter and get ready for the next time that the economy went down, which was obviously in 2013 and 14 in in Calgary. And, um, so, you know, the lesson out of the first one was diversification, which did, um, and again, it's interesting. I, I look at, the way that I've run the business is through opportunities that I see in front of me. And mm-hmm. they happen to coincide with the right time. There was an opportunity in Vancouver right in front of us to open a, an office in Vancouver. And it just sort of was a beautiful thing right out of recession and not relying on, yes, you know, just a nice place for diversification. To me, it was an opportunity. Um, not a textbook, I think, you know, textbook page 55 diversification, I, yes, I know exactly but it turned yes. into a nice uh, diver- diversification tool. And then the same thing happened in Ontario in 2012, which was an opportunity. And I thought, well, if we get this opportunity again in 2013, we, we should open an office out there. And 2013, 14, the oil price goes down in Alberta. So yes. It was. And it's funny, we, we ended up, we're in Ontario, same thing, we had an opportunity, we got invited to pitch on a piece of business, we won the business, and then three, four years later, the downturn happens, you you look a lot smarter, even mm-hmm. though that's maybe not, I, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't that, uh, like, oh, this is a good, t- this is page 58 mm-hmm. on the on the MBA, I should diversify right. book. Yeah, that's right, but it wasn't like that, and right. sometimes you look back and go, wow, I'm looking, uh, that was just the right thing at the right time, mm-hmm. that makes me look really smart now, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. is funny in business, and sometimes, that, that, well, a lot of times that happens. Mm-hmm. If we're all humble about it, we could say it was all strategic, but it wasn't always. Well, yeah, what we, what you and I both have are, are lots of <laughs> learns for the up and coming entrepreneurs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we they're... can say, oh, diversification, turn to that page because <laughs> it works. Yes. If you see that opportunity, grab mm-hmm. it because it might be, it might be required. It might be a nice to have mm-hmm. now. It's, it might be a need to have three years from now. Mm-hmm. Any advice for entrepreneurs, people getting started, whether it's the event industry or anything else, 18 and a half years and very successful and built this great brand and great, and great culture. Cause I know you have a longstanding team of people. Mm-hmm. Any advice for anyone going to, I'm going to go out on my own. I'm going to do my, I'm going to turn my side gig into something real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whew, lots. <laughs> um, I think off the top and uh, what we did, what, what we did when we started and I think could have done even better is set yourself up as a 
big business right from the beginning. So, you know, the right accounting, the right legal guidance, the right, all all of those things, even if you're one person, you've got get sort of the backbone in place before you start. That may seem unnecessary, but yeah, you're right. Have a good account. It's all true. It's all true. I 100% agree with you You're set up right from the beginning. And then the other thing, and I I have had a couple of moments, um, you know, folks have asked me to read their business plan and, and I read business plans. This one very specific, my, my cousin, I was starting an architect firm and I, I, he and his partner asked me to read their business plan before they started. I read the business plan and I said, guys, if this is your plan, why do you want to be in business? Because it was all very, the worst case scenario. Okay. Said if you're if you are an entrepreneur, you need to be prepared for the worst case scenario. But more so, you need to be prepared for when success hits, and be ready. It's a very to different scale. mindset. That's interesting. And be ready to scale because success will hit, and if you're not prepared for success, you're actually going to fail. Versus being prepared for the worst case scenario, you're not ready for what's to come ahead of you. So, so to me, that's a really important lesson. Which sometimes that's, I I would, I don't know either of them, but sometimes there's probably a little of our own personalities come out of like the half empty, half full, but you're Mm -hmm. right. Arguably each one has as, has as much chance of success. If you're Mm -hmm. really good at it, yeah, things could go wrong, but you could also, this, it could also go this Mm -hmm. way. That's good advice. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Because we tend to dwell on the, what can go wrong sometimes. Yeah. And I think when you're starting out, you need to be prepared for when it goes right, then what? And I just had this conversation on the weekend with a girlfriend of mine who's just starting out on something. So That's interesting. You need, to, you need to be able to scale. Absolutely. Because if you're looking, even to take it back to an investor or anyone who wants to be like, well, what is, what is, what's going to happen if we are successful? Mm-hmm. Where, can, where can this go? And yeah. oftentimes there's glass ceilings baked in you didn't even realize Yeah. because you hadn't worked through it. Yeah. Well, those are two really good pieces of advice. What about specifically if I want to get into the, into the event industry? Is there any... Is there any schools that you really recommend? And mm. not, not to call it some over the other, but where, where I'm excited, I'm enthused, I'm listening to you. I'm like, I want to do what she did. <laughs> where would I go? Like, what, what steps would I take? Well, I, there are lots of uh, lots of courses. I mean, we I'm a big supporter of education, and definitely within the industry, I used to teach at Mount Royal College. Yes, I knew Mount that. Royal That's University. Awesome. Yep. Um, in the event management program there across the country, there there are lots uh, of great programs. So I think. Anyone that's interested, absolutely do that. Um, doing a lot of volunteering. I mean, yes. Carrie Miller in my office, she started with us. She was at Mount Royal College or Mount Royal University. Yeah. Well, Mount Royal College at the that, time. At the yeah. time, 16 years ago, volunteered for us. And 16 years later, she's a partner in our creative strategist. So That's awesome. Volunteering can uh, lead to a lot of great things. Well, and I think it's because events are, you can you can check a lot of boxes there because you can support your your favorite non-profit while also getting involved in one of their events and mm-hmm. things like that. It's a lot of ways to kind of get some purpose. And, mm-hmm. and But you're right, get out there and do it. Is, and, it, and, is it a hard industry to break into? Is well, the other thing too is, is you can't, you cannot glamorize our industry. And back in the day, and I don't know when the movie came out with J-Lo and the wedding planner, and it was like this glorious yes. industry. It is not. I think I've, I've, I've been it, forced into watching that movie. No, it, yeah, it, it was on when I was in the room. It's not a glamorous industry, and you need to be prepared to, to literally roll up your sleeves. And it's not so you mean it's hard work and long hours? <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. It's not all shiny events and, no. and finger food? No, you need to be ready to uh, change into your suit or your, your, you know, in your dress five minutes in the production office and pretend like you 
quickly yeah. wash your hair and yeah, exactly. yeah, pull your hair back and wash your hands get, and yeah. get ready to go. I think it's a good thing to, it's so easy to look at something from the outside and see maybe the glamorous or over glamorize it and then go, okay, wow, there's a lot of hard work here. And then yeah, yeah, the road is, it's there, but you've got to do it mm-hmm. and no one's going to do it for you. Yeah. Fantastic. So what's ne- what's next for you? 18 and a half years, where, where are things headed? Any, 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 any shares you want to give us oh, out there or hey. predictions perhaps? <laughs> what do you, what do you, what gets you excited? Oh, as I said, I mean, I've got great people. What gets me excited? There's some really interesting uh, projects on the books. As I said, we're doing more work out of the country, um, which I actually haven't been to any of those external events. But my thanks my, for clarifying because we heard some that sounded glamorous my, for a second. My team, my team uh, has had lots of interesting travel adventures. That's very cool. Um, which I'm, you know, I'm excited for them. That's great for them. Um, so there's some fun opportunities out there that way. There's some other large projects that are looming that um, I'll talk about next time you have me on the podcast. I, I live in the same world. Like, <laughs> what's your most, what's your best project? Well, it's my next one. I just haven't landed yeah. it. I haven't landed yeah, it yet, yeah, but yeah, we're yeah. talking. It's coming. We're, we're, we're in talks. Yeah. Um, if someone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to get a hold? Are you available? For, you know, obviously LinkedIn and those things or go to your website. But if someone just like, again, is inspired and wants to chat with you, what's the easiest way to get a hold of you? Um, email. Yes, do you, email, and if you want probably. to give out your email, we can put it on the we can put it on yeah, the just post put it well. on the put it on the post for sure. Absolutely, yeah. no, I, I I appreciate that, and sometimes it's uh, I always tell people they be like, oh, well, well, should I reach out? I'm like, just reach out. Yeah, people always reach out. Reach out, <laughs> like do it. People yeah. are inherently helpful. I honestly believe that, and they want to share their industry and their excitement and their passion with people like that are curious to get into it. Don't be shy. <laughs> well, and as I I wouldn't be here if I weren't. When I look back at how persistent I was, I actually don't recognize myself. Like, I'm not sure how... (laughs) An out-of-body experience? How 19 years ago, I actually had the guts to do what I did to, you know, be resilient and and track down this one specific person in order for me to get the volunteer job at Calgary Cares in order for me to... One year later. You know, and then a year later, I had not... I didn't think of any of that. I just wouldn't give up on reaching one person and that changed my life. That advice in itself, yes, it's good to have a bigger plan, but sometimes it's like, I know this is the next step and I will just focus on that and then kind of bite off like one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Cause if I don't get that, the 17 other things that I might be, you know, planning, I'm sometimes fantasizing about is business. I'm like, Oh, if this happens, then this get that one thing done and like, just be unrelenting. <laughs> yeah. And I think if somebody, if you think about phoning someone and you don't, they're not going to phone you. <laughs> The universe, you mean the universe isn't yeah, always conspiring? Yeah, it doesn't, just doesn't work that way. So. Yes, the, the harder I work, the luckier mm-hmm. I get. It's certainly an overused saying, but it tends to be true. Yeah. Jocelyn, thank you so much for coming in and taking the time to talk. It was, uh, like I said, I always get this amazing experience of people that I kind of know, quote unquote, but then I sit here for an hour and I go, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know this. And I always end up loving them just a little bit more at the end than when they give in. So that was a lot of fun. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. Hello, and thank you for listening to today's episode. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. I want to let you in on a little secret. I absolutely love doing these podcasts. The learning, the people, the curiosity, the insights, the the wow factor of meeting people that I thought I knew and learning their deeper stories really proves the value of what happens when you take the time to be curious and actually care enough to ask. With that, I'm looking for your feedback. I'm looking for your input. I'm looking for what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, where you'd like to see it headed in terms of guests, in terms of questions, a little bit deeper. 
please feel free to share. We'd love to get your feedback. Visit us on iTunes, it's on Spotify. Give us your review. Give us your five stars if you feel so inclined. But more importantly, give us your feedback. Give us your input on what you want to hear on future shows and we will absolutely incorporate it. Thank you again for listening and have an awesome day. 